Welcome everyone to the Summon Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I'm joined by my good friend John, and I'm Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the day. John, how you doing? I'm good, man. I like this. You're amped up. You got some coffee, you had some wine, you're ready to go. I know, I like and, this. and it's all attributed to I perfected... I finally did it. I made it the best version of Chicken Frances, my favorite meal. It came out so good. Today was the best. Today was restaurant quality, finally. I, my, stand, <laughs> my expectations have been met. So I'm now so proud. My, my expectations are through the roof, basically. <laughs> you did it, man. I did You it. achieved it. I made it. Gordon Ramsay, I am not an idiot sandwich. <laughs> but you know what isn't an idiot sandwich, John? Yeah. It's time for us to play Choose Your Own Adventure. Oh, man, I'm excited. Ah, yes. Since I'm running the show, we're going to do a Choose Your Own Adventure from stories throughout the past couple of weeks that I found interesting and I'd love to get your thoughts on. Now, this is going to go all over the spectrum, and one of them is particularly my favorite. Uh, so I will, at the end, after we go through all the stories, I'm going to ask you which one you thought I was delighted to stumble upon. Okay. Or what gave me a little like, like a what do they call it? Like a, not a giggle, but like a, like a huh. like a chortle, like a little chortle. Chortle is that the new uh, Pokemon coming out in uh, the Galarian region? Chortle. <laughs> the Charmander and a Squirtle mixed together. It's super cute. Super cute. Yes, lizard and and turtle. W- wonderful. <laughs> All right, great. All right, John. So I'm going to give you a choice. Leaked, or Twitch leaked or twitch i'm giving you i'm giving you i probably should preface this i'm going to give you one term that is related to the title and then we're going to go through the title and the and an excerpt from the article Ooh, i'm gonna go leaked all right great leaked eternals leaked art teases return of guardians of the galaxies celestial this excerpt is taken from screen rent and written by nicholas raymond and it reads the Celestials are brought to life on the big screen in Guardians of the Galaxy's movies and will be explored even further in Eternals, a movie that will center on their super-powered creations. The movie will see the Eternals embark on a mission to defeat Deviants, another product of the Celestials' experiments. On Instagram, Gilgamesh actor Don Lee posted a photo that included a yet-to-be-released team poster from Eternals. Behind the team is the head of a Celestial, the, plat- the patterns of the lights on his head match Eason the Searcher, a Celestial who has made a brief appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy. In the movie, Eason the Searcher was observed by the team when the Collector was talking about the history of the Infinity Stones. Eason was shown to be the previous owner of the Power Stone, which was contained in his staff. John, are you excited about this leak? Did you know anything about it? Tell me your thoughts. I actually did see this. Uh, it's a pretty grainy photo, but you can make it out. I wish you could see uh, the Eternals themselves a little bit more clearly. Um, just to, because I feel like at, at Comic-Con that uh, last year, I think it was, when they announced this and, and showed the cast pictures, uh, everything was like super CGI and it was all just mock-ups of everything. Um, but this is like them in their actual costumes ready to go. Uh, it's Isan, by the way. It, I, not I, Eason. I particularly went to, 
I went to a YouTube video and the I could not perf- I could not go to a wiki where it spelled it out like it was all the fandom wikis and none of them said <laughs> it like the phonetic and I was just like Wikipedia won't tell me the game opinion won't tell me and I went to a YouTube video and everyone was like and he said Eason and then oh, I went through the YouTube comments no one was getting on this dude it's Eason okay cool it is um, but I man like. I'm I'm ex- I've always been excited about this movie, but I feel like um, because it's supposed to be about the conflict between the the Eternals and the Deviants, and it's going to introduce the Black Knight uh, as Kit Harrington. It's going to I hope kind of interconnect a lot of loose threads that have already been introduced in the MCU. Uh, so maybe it'll give because like we talked about this last week, I'm a sucker for something that gives. Um, a different perspective to something that we hadn't necessarily thought about before. Mm. So I hope that this movie gives us a new perspective about certain events in the MCU and maybe even Thanos. So as a whole, I am pretty pumped about this movie. I, it sucks it was delayed along with every other movie in the world. Um, but hopefully we'll get a trailer soon. I know Marvel's hosting or um, Disney is hosting their own comic-con sort of event online uh, a month or so from now so hopefully by around that time or maybe when um, black widow is supposed to come out in november we'll have a trailer for it so i'm pretty pretty psyched man how about you uh well according to my reports which have no basis whatsoever the reason why they delayed it wasn't because of covid they delayed it because kit harrington was not emotional enough to be a celestial well he's not a celestial Oh, wait, he's not? No. Oh, man, no. You've, yeah, you've read all of this wrong. So, so the. <laughs> well, that's what I'm looking forward to. You put Kit Ken, Ken Harrington in the product and you say, we're going about the Celestials. I assume he's a Celestial. No. no. Don't tell me they so, made him a normal human. So, this, this is the thing. So, the Black Knight is a character who um, has many incarnations over the years. It's, it's in regards to the sword that he has. And I can't remember the wait, name of it. So, Kit Harrington is the black knight yes and he's the only person in the major cast who's not a celestial yes yo kid harrington you got played you got played <laughs> you got game of thrones maybe so, he, we maybe maybe we might like his character and then they just destroy his arc at the end who knows well so he the kevin feige's already come out and said that he's going to basically be and an Avengers team down the road. Mm. So this is introducing an actual Avengers member uh, for future movies. Now, the Black Knight has both been a hero and a villain over the years. Um, It really just depends on whoever's wearing it because uh, the sword that he wields, every time he he uses it to kill someone, it basically corrupts him over time. And so the more that he uses it, the more he becomes the Black Knight and fights and, and kills people with it, the more it brings out his inner demons. Ooh. So it's it's more of like a psychological journey in that sense. Um, but the Eternals are going to be introduced. It's going to be his interaction with, I believe it's Cersei, um, uh, Gemma Chan's character. He's going to be the love interest to her. And uh, their kind of like interconnection and um, his introduction to the Celestials because he's going to be playing this archaeologist who stumbles upon their civilization, who takes up the mantle of the Black Knight because of the armor that he finds. So it's he's really kind of like the audience member that he's slowly introduced to the world of the Celestials and 
he'll kind of be the exposition dump as far as like the people expositing to him about how their world works, where they've been all this time, why they'd interfere with, with human matters. Um, he's basically the, he's basically the Milo equivalent from Atlantis. He's an archaeologist and all this stuff. Oh, I I never thought about that. He's not, I just, I just imagine them on set and they're like, Kit, you're going, you're going evil. And he's like, I don't want it. And his classic, you know, Game of Thrones line. And I'm just going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. And I mean, everything. I don't know where you've read that, but everything that I've seen. I mean, they delayed every Marvel movie to where they're more evenly spaced out. But they basically kept the same sequence of movies. Oh, wait, I should address this. I, I was totally being facetious and sarcastic. I was I don't have any sources. I'm kidding here. Oh, <laughs> it's, did you really think that Kid Harrington was not emotional enough, and they delayed it because of that? I mean, I could, I, I would have believed see, it. See, that's the problem. You believed it for a moment, Kid. I mean, I, you know, I was, I feel I was so proving you wrong. I but. mean, you were proving me wrong, but that's because you're like, <laughs> no, you had doubt in your heart. I gave you doubt. You, it, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, by the way. Kit Harrington's Game of Thrones, uh, Jon Snow, one of my favorite characters, and they just turn into a whiny bitch at the end. And I'm just like, oh. See, I think he's a great actor because even like in the um, he's a great actor, acting, but you know, yeah, DB and Wise just be like, we want to do Star Wars, and then uh, a few months later, like we want to do Netflix, and everyone, the whole world went, huh? Yeah, yeah, sad day. Sad, but yeah, so sad day. that. That's the story about the Eternals. Um, right. So that is his his character. That's who the Eternals are. That's how the movie's going to work. I believe it's coming out in February of next year. As long as COVID doesn't keep uh, wreaking havoc in the U.S., we'll maybe one day we'll get to see it in the U.S. Who knows? Well, before we started this podcast, since you bring that up, I did see the information that Disney will be delaying a few movies on its slate another year. Uh, Star Wars will be delayed another year, which isn't far in pre-production, but I guess because of their slight. Mulan has been delayed indefinitely because it's supposed to come out at the end of August. And then... No! Yeah. But they might... What I saw is that they might do a uh, a release internationally and non-North uh, American release, which is crazy because that's the biggest market. So... Yeah. I think it was Star Wars, Mulan, and there was another movie that they had that was delayed farther, but it was one that was in pre-production. But those are the two big hitters from it. It's kind of sad. Jeez, man, that's crazy. I know. But we could spend all day talking about that. We're going to go on to the next the next one. And so I'm going to make you choose again with Twitch, but I'm going to give you another one. Favoritism. Ooh, so I have between Twitch and favoritism. That is correct. Okay, okay. I feel like you finally solidified the idea of a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> in, in which case, the choose-your-own-adventure is you choose which order we go in, but we're going through all these fucking <laughs> these stories. <laughs> well, um, by damn it, we will. Let's, let's do favoritism. Oh, yes, John. And that favoritism is spelled with a U. So you know where we're going? Europe? That's right. Okay. Favoritism. Uber drivers launch legal battle over favoritism. And I will be doing an accent for this. 
This excerpt is coming from the BBC and written without credits. The article says, The App Drivers and Couriers Union have launched a legal challenge in a bid to understand how the firm's algorithms pair drivers with ride requests. The union wants Uber to be more transparent about how the data is collects impacts drivers and whether it leads to favoritism. Uber has always said that it does not manage the self-employed drivers. However, the union alleges that Uber is monitoring drivers' performance and claims that firm, the firm is noting incidents of late arrivals, cancelled jobs, and customer complaints about attitude or inappropriate behaviour against driver profiles. Quote, This is about the distribution of power, Anton Ecker, the privacy lawyer leading the case, told The Guardian. It's about Uber exerting control through data and automated decision-making, and it is blocking access to that, end quote. The union argues that under GDPR regulations, Uber drivers have a right to access their profiling data. It says such data can include evaluations of workers' re- reliability, behavior, attitude, and the number of late arrivals or cancelled trips they have had. John, tell me, what do you think? I think your voice sounds like um, one of those like learning CD-ROMs that we, we used back in elementary school, and you were walking me through uh, how to do math. You um, are a child. Your brain is the size of a walnut. I'm here to guide you through kindergarten. Or, as they say, <laughs> primary school. Here we uh-huh. go. You must say vitamins as if it is vitamins. And aluminum as if it is... Oh, shoot, I forgot this one. Aluminium. 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 <laughs> now you feel more like Benedict Cumberbatch, and you are ready to be unleashed on the uncivil American society. Good luck and cheerio. So let me make sure I'm understanding the story right. So it's saying that um, Uber is prioritizing drivers with like better scores to give them more uh, pickups. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that seems like something that they would do as a business. The, the, uh, the legal challenge that they're doing is that they don't have access to to know about it. Okay, so they're 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 saying that they're using data that doesn't exist to do something that they're saying isn't happening. Well, no, no, no. They're saying they want to see the algorithm mm-hmm. that that leads to favoritism. Like, okay. I guess like the drivers like, "Yo, man, uh what what are you doing? Like, how come I'm not getting any drivers? What's up with that?" Oh, wait. How would they say it? Uh, "Blimey." Why not get... No, I'm just kidding. Why am I not... The, the thing is, is like, why am I not getting the results? And Uber hasn't come out and said the algorithm is, you were shit to this person, you were shit to this person, you were shit to this person, so that's why we're not giving you as much business. Like, Uber has the algorithm, but it's not sharing it. And that's what the union is fighting for, is, you know... You know how you have... You, John, you've been in management. You have employees that don't do a good job, and maybe these employees don't care or these employees care and they want to see why and you're just not releasing Mm it however um my opinion i want to get yours is that hey if you're not getting that any good business maybe you need to change a little bit you know maybe it makes sense yeah i mean i i get why they're doing that i mean that makes total sense to me it would also um 
make a lot of sense to justify that if they were using it to help him like to relay that to their drivers to help them improve because like if you 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 may know that you're screwing up with something and that you're not doing well but you may not know how your performance is being perceived by the um by the passengers so if you don't know what to improve on then how are you supposed to get better in the ways that they want you to yeah and well I don't use Uber. I don't think you use Uber. So maybe they no. have access to comments people leave. But maybe I mean, what it seems like the article, the excerpt that I just read is mostly about like they want to see the algorithm that chooses. So mm -hmm. they want to see the algorithm itself. Maybe they get comments back like they read like, yo, you drive like a four year old uh, who is missing legs and feet or legs and arms. Learn how to drive. Maybe they see that comment and they're and maybe they're just like but i'm seeing decreased <laughs> decreased pickups from uber the app hmm i want to see the algorithm maybe that's I mean, like the legal that's what i'm getting as the legal challenge maybe i'm being an idiot but that's what i see it as like they want to see the actual algorithm that leads to them getting less uh rides ride requests i mean yeah i'm sure that they see the neg like the the reviews that are left for them so they have to know what the passengers are saying and i i don't i can't imagine what kind of like revelation the algorithm would would show if they know that they're getting bad reviews the algorithm if there is an algorithm and i'm sure there is that it's it's obviously using that data to like give them a rating system to know who to prioritize and who not to yeah so to me, it should just be as simple as um, as long as the drivers are given all of their reviews and they know what the passengers are saying and there's not some other level to it that they're not um, aware of, then it should just be a matter of you're getting poor reviews. This is what people are saying about you. You need to be a little bit more personable and probably clean up your car a little bit. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like this should be a, a like enormously complicated unless there's a layer to it that we're missing. Yeah, I I think I think Uber could once again for the audience. We don't know how Uber the Uber app works. We've never driven for Uber. We've never been inside. Well, have you been in an Uber, John? Yeah, we we've used an Uber when um when we flew up to Alaska and we had to stay in a couple cities that we we didn't know. We didn't have a car. Um, we I mean it, it's a lot. There's, I don't know, man, like there's not a lot to it. You just, you requested uh, a ride, they come pick you up, you see who, who it is, and then afterwards you can uh, leave a tip and leave a review, Yeah. Um, kind of leave, leave some passing comments, but it's, there's not like a huge questionnaire or anything. You drive like uh, a person without legs, without feet, and without arms. <laughs> exactly. That's probably most of the reviews. So I, I, I wonder if there's, if there's a... There, I don't know, man. There has to be something else to it. Like, what? Maybe there's like this huge scandal where they can, well, while someone like while a driver is driving under, uh, on on the clock, basically, maybe their microphone and their phone is activated and they can listen to the conversations in the cars. So maybe they're able to see more than what the customers are leaving in the reviews. Yeah, and they're able to see really what's going on, and maybe that's why they don't want to share the algorithm. But that's like that's like conspiracy theory level talking and that's the only thing that i could really see justifying them hiding the algorithm is if it's processing data that they're not sharing publicly yeah and it, it sounds like i don't know how the uk works but i do 
read a lot of the BBC because it's not American media and American media is a circus that I find funny. And I love how the BBC kind of makes fun of America. So I read that. Not that I'm an American. I just I'm talking about the Americans that are funny to laugh at. There's I am nothing a, wrong with self-awareness. I'm, yeah, you know, self-awareness, you know, ha, 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 you know, I'll make fun of myself on other things, too. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of look at this as they said a union. So I guess they're unionized in England so or London, wherever wherever that's taking part. And it, I that's more important, I, I, I am perceiving, is that the union knows so that they can, they have a right to it, it sounds like. And I'm going to be honest, man, like, it... I would, I'm going to paint with some broad brushes here or broad strokes. It, for it to be something trivial, it would seem like that would be something more that a group of Americans would do. But for this to be coming from uh, the UK, there has to be something that's more justified behind this that maybe we're not reading into initially. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. This is that, that, yeah, America, we're funny. And in the UK, it's just like, <laughs> okay. You know, I understand that. But yeah. anyways, John, on to the next stories. I'm gonna, so you you kind of you threw Twitch in the garbage can. So I'm going to spice it up. Maybe we'll come around back to it. But we're going to do this. School children or delays? School children. All right. Good choice. Good choice. School children. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Couple road That's like not what I expected. <laughs> couple road like school children says ex employee. This is also coming from the. <laughs> this exit is coming from the BBC with no writing credits. Ben King told London's High Court that their row started from banal beginnings and escalated. Mister Depp fifty seven is suing the publisher of the Sun over an article that referring to him as a wife beater, but the newspaper maintains it was accurate. He denies 14 domestic violence allegations, which newsgroup newspapers is relying on for its defense. Mr. King worked with Mr. Depp for three separate periods between 2014 and 2016 in Australia, London, and Vancouver, Canada. In witness statements, Mr. King said he frequently witnessed Miss Heard, 34, goading and attempting to provoke Mr. Depp, who he never saw be violent or unkind towards Miss Heard, or indeed towards anyone else. He said, quote, Of what I heard of their arguments, they could start from very banal beginnings. On one occasion in London, I recall Miss Heard complained that Mr. Depp had removed his hand from hers, and she complained along the lines of, Maybe you don't love me. Mr. King continued, The argument... <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to chuckle. The argument then carried on and escalated seriously. The way they argued could make them seem like schoolchildren, end quote. Reflecting on periods in London, Australia, he said he saw Miss Heard as the antagonizer, while Mr. Depp seemed to be keen to walk out or away from arguments. Quote, I want to make clear that I did not see any violence at any time. I do not want to accuse Miss Heard of anything, but this was what I saw of the pattern of their arguments, he said. Mr. King also claimed that on a number of occasions, Mr. Depp left notes downstairs before he went to work, saying things like, quote, Let's not do this again, and I love you. John, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. I, it's just more people coming out with proof 
that these allegations against Johnny Depp are basically baseless and that he was a good person and that she just kind of overreacted to everything and blew it out of proportion and is trying to get the media on her side by taking control of the story first. And I, I think at this point, Johnny Depp's had to work a lot harder to prove his innocence because in the eyes of the public, he was labeled as guilty right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a very intentional strategy for her to come out and smear him right at the beginning of all of this. So he has had to climb out of the pit to prove his innocence. And um, it, it's it's just good to know that like there are more people coming out in support of him with like legitimate proof and witness statements and documents saying, no, 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 this is what actually happened. And she's making all this up. Uh, oh, man, like, I mean, cancel culture, I, I, I would say as a whole. Um, it's complicated. It is. And I mean, we've we've talked about the story before and just saying, like, it you should always gather and, and have good perspective before you make a judgment call on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad to see like, this is, this is starting to really work itself out. Yeah, uh, I agree. But the weird, for me, the weird thing about this article, which makes sense in my mind is the way he describes how Johnny Depp walks away from the situations or try and deescalates it. Mm-hmm. Because when I observe like the argument over social media or like, what has Johnny Depp done? He hasn't really gone after Amber Heard. He's gone to prove in his innocence. He hasn't slandered her. And he's going after the newspaper that said he was a wife beater. Which is probably one of the reasons why, like, uh, Hollywood has kind of cast him in less roles or kind of distanced themselves from these articles. And Rebel Wilson won a case in Australia about it. Uh, when they, when one of the newspapers, like, made fun of her or whatever. And she said she lost millions. And I think she won the case. I'm pretty sure she won the case. But for Johnny mm-hmm. Depp, that personality of being like, listen, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to walk away from the situation is making sense when it comes to his legal, what he's doing with legal. It doesn't seem like he wants to fight with Herd legally. He wants to fight against these people who are tearing down his name, though. Yeah. It's such a, it for me, I'm looking at that parallel and it makes sense. This is a guy who's probably like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like probably reporters like... Mr. Depp, Mr. Oh, wait, <clears throat> Mr. Depp, Mr. Depp, can you tell us about uh, that was a terrible impersonation. But basically, <laughs> they're just going at him like, what do you think about Amber Heard? And he's probably like, oh, mate, I just I don't want to talk about that. And it's just he's probably like, yo, but fuck the sun, you know, just along those lines. <laughs> he's probably he's not really taking it to herd. He's taking it to the, the people who've kind of screwed him in that way. I don't know. That That's the pattern I see. I mean, yeah, it. it you're right like that definitely is is consistent with the character that he's showing at least in the trial and if you're right like if he's not coming out and refuting everything that she's saying like he's letting justice prevail with her but he's taking a stand against somebody who um who is saying something slanderous against him that isn't true yeah and he's pretty laid back what i'm looking at I mean, it seems like it just from like interviews and seeing him out in the public eye for years now, like he doesn't seem like a super like aggressive person. He always has like a much more um, relaxed demeanor and he's it seems like he is a bit more of an introvert, at least from what I've witnessed. 
and then his characters are like it seems like that's kind of like an escapism route for him to kind of play around with other personalities but as yeah. as like a person he seems a bit more like tim burton um in that like he's he's very quiet very reserved he's not very like boisterous in any way so for him to come out as like a wife beater that doesn't really fit his personality but like if there's firsthand accounts of of amber coming out and and overreacting to a lot of situations they've been in together then and and she is also the one coming out and being more vocal in the public eye about what she says is happening it definitely seems like they're consistent with their own personalities yeah the only time i could see and we could be totally wrong we don't know the truth like this is just us speculating but i imagine like the only time Depp is a monster is like they have him in an interview and he's like love can i have another rum and coke and they're like sorry mr Depp, we have no more rum and then he gets he like kind of shoots up and it's like and he takes out a sword and he's just like the rum is gone yeah that yeah i can see that yeah totally yeah you do you mr mr Depp. but john to our next stories all right delays or carbon carbon oh good choice john's keeping the streak alive because guess what apple's 2030 carbon neutral pledge covers itself and suppliers and once again we are on a streak of three in a row ladies and gentlemen this excerpt is coming from the bbc news and written by leo (laughs) kellyon the article says Apple has announced a target of becoming carbon neutral across its entire business and manufacturing supply chain by 2030. The company says the commitment means its devices will have had zero climate impact at point of sale. It told BBC News any company hoping to become a supplier would have to commit to, quote, be 100% renewable for their Apple production, end quote, within 10 years. It follows climate-focused pledges by other technology giants. Microsoft. <laughs> Arguably has gone further by promising to, carbon, to be carbon negative by 2030 and by 2050 to have removed the same amount of carbon as it has ever emitted from the environment. It has also just announced the creation of a consortium involving Nike, Starbucks, and Mercedes-Benz among others to share information on carbon-reducing technologies. Amazon has set a 2040 target to go carbon-neutral, reflecting the challenges it faces in converting its home delivery vehicles to more eco-friendly energy sources. And Google has said it intends to extend the carbon-neutral status it claims for its own operations to encompass its supply chain, but has yet to set a deadline. John. What are your thoughts? So if they're asking their suppliers before they can contract with Apple, they're they're putting the responsibility on the suppliers to become carbon neutral and then basically take credit for as a company saying like they are, they are carbon neutral because their suppliers are when they don't really oh I mean like they don't own their suppliers. No. Um, Un- so, unless unless guess what? European Union Y'all are getting Apple factories. <laughs> I mean, this seems, it seems like a very Apple thing to do 
to ask other people to do things or to wait until other people do things first and then take credit for it themselves like what they've done with everything android has ever done (laughs) well the microsoft like going further and saying like yo we are going to be carbon like negative by 2030 which is when like apple says it's going to be carbon neutral and they're like but here's the bombshell 2050 we're going to be so carbon negative we would have done a reverse of all the pollution we emitted uh ever and by 2015 i think that means in context of their business so that to me is wild watch you wait by 2070 apple will have said the same thing (laughs) apple's apple's (laughs) just so pretentious it is it is really the premier american product where it's like you need to be part of the network you need to be part of this apple experience the white the dichotomy the black the person with the headphones that doesn't really jam that much led zeppelin all this other stuff and then it's like hmm now you look at the product and you compare it to a bunch of other stuff and people are like your product sucks <laughs> I mean, I from what I understand, a lot of their factories are in China, and China is not a carbon-neutral country. So yeah, like they would have to either like basically either they're putting pressure on China to change, or they're going to take away their business and bring it to another country. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in building those factories is going to create a much larger carbon footprint to create something carbon-negative. Um, or they're just going to find completely different suppliers and the products themselves are going to change. Like, potentially the quality may change of their iPhones. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make their suppliers do it in this day and age. Like, that's... I think that's a pretty aggressive for 2030 with how the world is going right now. But maybe they're planning to shift their suppliers to a different place. I don't know. May With how the United States... We're getting political for a second. With how the United States government is treating China... Maybe this is the first domino of companies, big international companies, be like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have suppliers in China anymore. I mean, I I hope that this doesn't affect like the quality of their products and that it, um, it, at least from a consumer perspective, nothing changes. It's just the company as a whole taking on more responsibility. But again, like if it doesn't at least from what I'm hearing from you, like it doesn't sound like they're pledging. It just sounds like we're asking everyone through the food chain. We're asking all of them to change. So maybe as like a corporate company, they're not taking a very strong stance. They're just kind of riding the wave and expecting everyone around them to become better at this. Uh, Cause you're right. Like Google is definitely taking a much stronger stance to say going Microsoft like going carbon Microsoft. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Google. Microsoft. Google is the one that said like, Hey, we're going to be carbon neutral, but we don't have a date yet. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, as long as they all do it the right way, I mean, taking positive steps is still taking like even taking one positive step is still taking a step in the right direction. So as long as they're making good positive changes and doing it in a responsible amount of time, I think that's the important thing. Like I I think it, it's almost becoming trendy to say, yeah, man, by 2030, we're going to go to carbon neutral and, and not have a realistic goal and process to reach that point. So if if Google literally just doesn't even know (laughs) 
or have it have like a, a definite plan about how to get there like that's good don't make a promise you can't keep now, right now google executives are like hey google how do you set a deadline <laughs> <laughs> what's um, carbon neutral exactly what is can you define carbon neutral and, and they come up uh, but for apple this could also be like the marketing genius where they're telling you 2030, we're going to be carbon neutral. They set up factories in the United States. People are getting pumped. They're doing jobs. And they're like, guess what? The Apple iPhone 15, not $1,000, $3,000 green foot. And it's just like this big punch <laughs> in the gut. It's just like, you're going to like your stupid iPhone, I don't know, 15th generation that's completely green carbon neutral. So they're going to punch you in the gut. And then Microsoft is going to be in the corner and be like, we made an HTC. It's carbon negative. And actually, you know, you could. it's a solar panel on the back. It'll help power your house. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's $400. And people are going to be like, nah, man, Apple all the way. That's the thing that like Apple is a cult. And they, it, it's just like, it's so specific. And it's consumer based in that like you have one phone basically um either it's bigger or it's smaller there's no real variation um you have one set of headphones like it's so limited in its products and yet people flock to the stores to get these things and like my wife has an iphone she is all about it and i will say like i have an imac uh or a mac mini i mean um i i have some apple products and they're very streamlined and easy to use but, but... like I love the customization of Android phones and like obviously Microsoft has built itself up as like you can build your own PC make it however you want it and Apple is not doing that at all. So I you're right like I wonder if if going carbon neutral is going to jack up their prices and I wonder if that's going to affect their consumer base or if it's going to just make people even more gung-ho about it like make it even more of an elite corporation yeah 10 years from now microsoft's gonna be like hey your sex robot can hook up through usb3 and everyone's gonna be like yes and then all the apple people are gonna be like does it have the the firewire and apple's gonna be like no and it's just gonna be just sadness but anyways john once again you did the thing where you're like, I'm not going to, I gave you a choice with another choice. You, you denied it twice. We'll save delays for the final time. Okay. So I'm going to have you choose between these two. Ban or how could we fuck this up again? <laughs> did you say ban like B-A-N? B-A-N. Or okay. how could we fuck this up again? This Ooh. is a very raunchy, profane version of the podcast. I'm so sorry, everyone. Nine-year-olds, I'd, I'd sincerely apologize. Look, man, our, our go-to demographic is eight, 28 to 36. Heck so. yeah, baby. <laughs> the prime time to swear. Anyways, John. Yeah, we're fine. Um, option two. Option two? Uh, <laughs> how could we possibly fuck this? Oh, uh, <laughs> man. All right. You have chosen. I have to scroll so far. Report. 15 women allege sexual misconduct by former Washington NFL team employees. Yay, Washington! (laughs) And the NFL, as if your name wasn't racist enough, you also want to slap on some misconduct with it. I love it. All right. (laughs) This is from, like, last week. This excerpt is from ESPN and written by ESPN News and the AP. And it says, this excerpt says... 
15 women who previously worked for the Washington's NFL organization have alleged sexual harassment and verbal abuse by former scouts and members of Daniel Snyder's inner circle, the Washington Post reported Thursday. Among those accused of misconduct are former director of pro personnel Alex Santos and former assistant director of pro personnel Richard Mann II, as well as longtime radio play-by-play announcer and senior vice president Larry Michael. All three departed the organization within the past week, so two weeks. Mm -hmm. Others named in the report are former president of business operations Dennis Green and former chief operating officer Mitch Gershman, who, along with Michael, were considered part of Snyder's inner circle, according to the Post. There are no allegations against Snyder or former longtime general manager Bruce Allen, who was fired at the end of the 2019 season after 10 years with the franchise. The Post said Snyder and Allen declined several interview requests, but the owner did issue a statement on Friday. Quote, The behavior described in yesterday's Washington Post article has no place in our franchise or society. Snyder said in his statement, This story has strengthened my commitment to settling a new culture and standard for our team, a process that begin will began with the hiring of coach Ron Rivera earlier this year, end quote. The allegations of sexual harassment and toxic workplace culture, which spanned from 2006 to 2019, were raised by 15 women, all but one of whom spoke to the Post on the condition of anonymity, with some having s- signed non-disclosure agreements with the team. Santos, who was fired this week, so last week, is accused by six former employees and two reporters who covered the team of commenting about their bodies and making unwelcome overtures, according to the Post. He declined comment. John, how does this organization keep fucking up? I mean, okay, let me start by saying it sounds like they're taking immediate action to to validate and correct um, these accusations that were levied against them. So it's not a matter of like they're coming out and just like denying it and sweeping it under the rug. Like it sounds like things are actually being done about this. So I'm I'm all for that. You are right, John, because that play-by-play announcer has been replaced by a female. Woo! Which is true. <laughs> this came out this week. And good for her. I'm very excited, but I don't think it's enough. No. I, no. Um <laughs> No. I mean, like, there's, like, a whole, like, we're starting to chip away at this ingrained culture that doesn't hold people accountable for their actions when they're stepping out of line. Um, I mean, these seem like very serious things, and I'm, like I said, like, I'm all all about this happening. I'm, I'm very glad that people are being held accountable for their actions. Um, I, I I don't know, man. Like, I wonder, I wonder if this is... Um, like going to start like a domino effect maybe there are other teams and organizations that um have i mean obviously i i'm 99 to 100% sure that there are plenty like almost every other team in the NFL has had some kind of accusation like this against them um this is this I, is pretty serious but it's it's like it's the the perfect storm of like hey guess what your name is racist oh daniel snyder the owner has been fighting that we will never give it up and then like a bunch of big brands that like represent over 800 billion dollars of worth of like yeah you're gonna have to change the the name bro and it's like (laughs) 
money got involved, and now this, that's a bombshell. Like, in the NFL, like, NFL owners are so good about being out of the limelight. Yeah. They're very, they're very secretive. Like, that's, it's the, it's the organization where they, like, if something happens, they have a commissioner that is, becomes front and center and gets thrown, like, under the bus. For them, they just stay away from all that stuff. So this, to me, for me, like, who follows sports, the sports I like, at least, and I am a huge NFL Dolphins fan, um, I, this, I'm wondering if this is going to cause, uh, the NFL to make, uh, Daniel Snyder sell his team, you know, is he going to put the team up for sale? And that does not happen in the NFL. Not often. And it happened with the Panthers, the North Carolina, the Carolina Panthers, you know, their Mm -hmm. last, uh, their last owner who came out as a racist. And one of the things before he like sold the team, one of the stipulations, like if you since I'm selling the team, you got to put a statue with me surrounded by Panthers in front of the stadium. And then the, uh, the statues were being brought down. They're like, I think they took the cra- they took a crane and removed the statue. Like, uh, the statue's gonna get defaced if we don't move it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so they move and they move the statue. But uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to put that in as someone who does follow sports. Like, this is this is kind of like leaning in the place of like, are they gonna make them sell the team? Like, uh, how do you recover from this? Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's one player on the team that is in the spotlight now. Like, this is, like, lots of people. This is the owner. This is, like, all the way to the top. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. Oh, side note, I, I just read something today that the official name for the team, temporarily until they figure out a new name, is just legitimately just the Washington football uh, team. And they're making merchandise for this year that is just the Washington uh, Washington football team, which is genius marketing because this is a limited release window of a product where there is no logo. It's the Washington football team. So this stuff, whatever they sell, is going to be super valuable to collectors because yes. next year it's changing. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, like, do you... Who? Okay, well, first of all, do you think, or who do you think is going to, um, excuse me, buy this if they do sell the team? Oh, man. Like, who would want to invest in them right now? Oh, no. Like, the, they, like, the, when Carolina was forced to sell, like, no one knew who the dude who was taking over was. Like, there, there's some, like, uh, when the Clippers with Donald Sterling, who made those racist remarks in his house, mm-hmm. that was recorded. Uh, and it was like, people were like, all right, he might get away with this. But then he went and interviewed and he's like, I stand by my comments. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it is one of those things where, um, I, I, I think he's going to be able to keep the team, but if they sell the team, like a, a franchise, a franchise sports team in a league that doesn't have like they do in Europe where it's like, you have. You have a high tier, and then you have a low tier, and then there's all the smaller clubs under that. Um, kind of like how the baseball has like the major leagues, minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Since these professional leagues, like the NFL, NHL, and NBA, well, the NBA has the G League, but it's not; it's a little different. Like since these teams don't have that minor league sense or anything like that, it's it's uh, someone could just take over the reins. It's going to be po- profitable. It's going to be so profitable. I don't. know. I think whoever takes it over, like, I'm sure there are people who will buy it. 
I mean, I think the New York Mets right now, like there's six Hollywood and sports people trying to buy buy that franchise, like as a you know coalition or group uh, to buy that that uh, the Mets franchise out. So I don't know. I I don't think I I think Daniel Snyder could walk away from this without selling it. But the prospect of it is sweet, juicy gossip to the sports media that we needed in the pandemic. Way to go, Washington <laughs> football team. Something else to talk about. Yes. And with that, let us go to... Uh, we, got rid of, we got rid of that one. I have a spreadsheet here. It's beautiful. All right, John, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. You have a choice. Between ban or Twitch? Oh no, I'm playing. I'm playing the long game here. I'm gonna go ban. Ooh, nice choice. But it actually involves Twitch, but in a separate way. <laughs> U.S. Navy follows Army in banning Twitch viewers asking about war crimes. <laughs> what? This excerpt. <laughs> this excerpt is coming from Kotaku and written by Nathan Grayson. I love this story. And the part of the article reads, the U.S. Army and Navy might have different express purposes and a football rivalry, but they're united in their shared passion for avoiding talking about war crimes. Soon after the Army took flack for banning viewers who asked about war crimes from its Twitch channel, the Navy is employing a similar tactic. Like the Army, the Navy has its own Twitch channel. It's a gamer-flavored recruitment tool, and the Navy makes no bones about this. Quote, Other people will tell you not to stay up all night staring at a screen, reads the channel's About section. We'll pay you to do it. End quote. On stream, members of the Navy esports team play a range of games, including League of Legends, Escape from Tarkov, and Madden. Recently, Navy stream viewers inspired by Navy Twitch audience have taken to asking about war crimes. This has not gone over well, as chronicled on Twitch by activist and writer Jordan Yule. He previously got, previously got banned by Army's Twitch channel and reported the channel's recruitment efforts for the nation. Uh, phrases like war crimes, as well as alternative spelling like war with a four and crimes with a one, are banned in chat, and Yule got banned on Sunday, seemingly for asking why a Navy streamer rattled off a list of viewers, stats, in response to torrents of questions and criticisms. He was mid-sentence typing the Navy streamer, com quote, completely ignored the dozens of comments about PTSD, end quote, when he received a you are banned from chat message. Despite this heavy-handed approach on the Navy's part, conversations about war crimes, as well as related issues like fascism, imperialism, and freedom of speech have completely overtaken the Navy's channel chat has various points over the past handful of days. Yule, like many others who've sought out the Army and Navy's channel to ask for questions about these issues, believes the Navy is misusing its platform. John. What a ban. <laughs> so, okay. So, first of all, I can't imagine how much, like ridicule someone gets for being a gamer in the army and that's their job like i mean that's probably one of the best jobs in the world is just to be like 
playing you're you're getting paid to play video games and recruit for the military i, I mean i i can't get much <laughs> can't get much easier than that for for a lot of these people um i don't think then, the streamer is the one who's doing it i think it's like the team that's with them that is like yeah ban 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 because the bans no, can no, either yeah, come yeah, yeah. from the streamer or mods and i'm sure those mods were like navy people were like you know get rid of that get rid of that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Geneva, no i'm just saying like i'm just saying like gas. if you if you were like uh of like a combat veteran and then oh. you, you walked into somebody and say like hey thanks for your service uh what where where did you serve and you were like the the xbox oh. division <laughs> navy twitch chat i was uh-huh. uh, there i was in my chair when Comments started coming left and right. I dodged them left and right. I was screaming to my war buddies, ban them! And I was taking heavy comments about PTSD, the Geneva Convention, torture. And then luckily, I was saved by my buddy. Gamer6969 Army is the best. And he banned all those motherfuckers. (laughs) I imagine that's how the interview went, right? The PlayStation Platoon must be pretty ridiculous. (laughs) The brigade. Yeah, you know. Continue your thoughts. I just wanted to interject with some levity. Oh my gosh, no! Like, I mean, what? <laughs> like, legitimately, what do they expect? They're they're going into they're going into the belly of the beast with a bunch of people that are not afraid to talk about anything. They're just a bunch of kids, and then to say like, I mean, to to not like anticipate this kind of thing happening. Like, you had to you had to put some kind of measures in place. And you had to have known that in society today, somebody is going to talk about like, hey, what are you guys really doing over there? Like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. My, my, the thing that I'm annoyed by, well, I'm legitimately in the real world annoyed by this. Yes. But as a gamer, you're on the army and Navy, like esports team, and you're playing League of Legends Escape from Tarkov and Madden? Where's Call of Duty? What <laughs> are you doing? Oh why, my gosh. Why is Call of Duty not the center for... What about Battlefield? What? <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, that would be a great Twitch stream if somebody was just like... If you get like a bunch of just... You have the Navy official Twitch Twitch stream. And let's say you're doing... I, I just... I don't get it. Like how are you playing Madden? What, do you think, like, a platoon is going to go out there and start throwing footballs at terrorists? No. I mean, this, maybe. I say this very mockingly and jokingly. I don't <laughs> I don't seriously mean it, but as a gamer, it's pretty ironic. I Look, man, like, the, the farthest I will stretch for this is maybe they're trying to go for, like, strategy games and people that can think out of the box. But, yeah. No, like your your home base of operations should be Call of Duty. <laughs> your home base of operations, John. I'm gonna say, you are stretching more than the people in those chairs, and I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. They probably haven't stretched in days. They haven't but stretched continue. in days. But John, you have a choice between Twitch and delays. Uh, delays. We're saving Twitch till the end. There we go. That's kind of an interesting one, too. So, we're going to go to delays. Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Delays August release. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This excerpt is coming from Variety and written by Rebecca Rubin. 
It reads, Warner Brothers has removed Tenet from its release calendar, delivering a big blow on the exhibition industry at a time when movies, movie theaters had hoped to peg their reopening to the late summer debut of Christopher Nolan's sci-fi thriller. Though necessary, given the mass uncertainty over when cinemas across the globe can safely open, the design further complicates Hollywood's already bumpy plan to revive moviegoing. Tenet was originally scheduled to debut on July 17th, but it was pushed back to July 31st and then August 12th. It's unclear when it will now welcome audiences, but the studio expects to announce a new release date imminently. We will, uh, quote, we will share a new 2020 release date imminently for Tenet, Christopher Nolan's wholly original and mind-blowing feature, said Warner Brothers chair Toby Emmerich in a statement. Our goals throughout this process have been to ensure the highest odd success, odds of success for our films while also being ready to support our theater partners with new content as soon as they could safely reopen, end quote. And what would be a surprise move, Warner Brothers may release Tenet overseas before it opens in the United States. Though North America remains the biggest movie-going market in the world, international cinemas look to be ahead of the states in their effort to reopen. Sources at the studio stress to be ahead of the states in their effort to reopen. Wait. Yeah, you just read that. (laughs) Sources at the studio stress they will have to be flexible with plans to unveil Tenet, suggesting the film won't have a traditional rollout quote we are not treating tenant like a traditional global day-to-date release and our upcoming marketing and distribution plans will reflect that emmerich said john your thoughts man anybody that thought that any movie released in the next two months is actually going to come out when they said it would be has not been paying attention to how poorly people are reacting to being asked to put a piece of cloth over their face. Like, <laughs> if you can't handle wearing a mask when you go to to go get groceries or you go and, and want to shop around somewhere, like, you're not going to be able to have 80 people gathered in a room, sitting together, breathing the same air together. Like, I'm, I'm legitimately surprised that Marvel hasn't come out and said, hey, we're not going to release Black Widow in November anymore. We're mm-hmm. pushing all the movies back to 2021. I mean, we are not... Like, the numbers are just getting worse. And people are just going to say, well, it's testing. Well, the, that's just pushing up the numbers. <laughs> we're doing but, more tests, which, which means that the numbers are inflated. Exactly. But, like, nothing... Movie theaters as a whole are not going to get back to normal until one we have a vaccine which isn't going to happen until probably next year um at least a mass mass produced vaccine and two when people actually start taking this seriously on a wide scale and i don't know i'm I'm trying not to make this about covid and just a purely covid talk but i have very strong feelings about that um but no like this is going to movies in general like just blanket statement movies are going to get released internationally before they ever come to the states at this point and we're only going to get more mad about it but we're doing this to ourselves like we can change it if we really want to badly enough um because they're not going to release a movie like tenet on streaming uh they're not going to just put it out on hbo max because america is not playing well with others 
they are going to make money off of it somehow because it's not Artemis Fowl and it's not going to bomb. This is going to do really well. So, uh, man, like we're, we're never going to go see a movie until probably early to mid 2021. I don't think. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to the COVID Up podcast. This is where we talk about COVID, 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 and whatever the COVID we want. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the same way. But I also believe that maybe, the glimmer of hope, John, just I want you to hold my hand. But don't let go because I might say you don't love me. Um, and just go on this journey that maybe that article we saw a long time ago, like two weeks ago, about Walmart testing, putting up screens in their parking lots. Can Walmart, can the Hollywood industry be waiting for Walmart to test this out and make it a reality for drive-in movie theaters to make a roaring comeback? John, don't let go of my hand. No, I I agree. Like, I, I think that drive-ins are going to make a comeback, but... I don't think that's a long-term solution and something that's going to be financially viable uh, for any kind of like major box office release. Um, Because that's, to me, drive-ins kind of say, or or spell like a soft opening for something. Like, I I think that they're definitely gonna test out drive-ins with older movies and just re-releasing things into these theaters to see how well they're, perceived by by mm. moviegoers but i don't see i don't see fil- the film industry trusting drive-ins with their major box office box office releases um until it's been proven that it can be viable and i don't see it being proven like that with a good enough history basically until we have a vaccine um so i don't know man like there's just there's no quick short-term solution to get these movies into th- into some kind of mass viewing strategy now it's we're going to have to wait on this well i think i think just hear me out i think you're looking at the perspective of you know we aren't going to get wide new new releases until covid is figured out figured out whereas i think i'm going on the platform of hey if we find a way to release movies during covid that might wake up people who are like Drive-in movie theaters are a thing again? Is it because I don't wear a mask? And then no. they look introspectively into the corner, and they see <laughs> the light, and it's like, Hello, I am the ascension of man. Here are a bunch of monkeys in our evolutionary stage. You stand here. And it's like literally at the end where the beginning chimp is, and the person's like, Oh, no. No, I, man. I, 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 I think, I think, I just, I just think, Bringing this might make people wake up in the in the conversation about COVID. Like, hey, if you keep doing this, this is the way we watch movies. But you're still rewarding their lack of isolation. You're still giving them what they want. So people aren't going to see it as as a punishment or as like settling. They're going to say, Yes, we can finally go see movies. John, I and- live in Florida. But and, and then think about it too. Like Christopher Nolan makes movies that are meant to be an immersive experiences. Mm-hmm. You do not get the same audio experience that you do at a drive-in as a regular theater. 
you're going to have a little speaker near your car or maybe three or four rows down and that one note um main theme from batman it does not hit the same way as it <laughs> they, does in a theater as it would as it would from like an iphone speaker they can set it up to go through um a radio channel and so you can listen in, into your car the the audio i do not want to listen to the soundtrack <laughs> for tenet from my 2007 Honda Accord speakers. You need a new car, and that's just it. <laughs> no, but I, I, I listen. I'm all about stopping this COVID, this pandemic that is affecting mostly the United States and South America. But with that being said, John, in California, a bunch of in, internet influencers threw parties. And all this other stuff, and now California is seeing cases like 12,000 a day, where California was in the beginning the strictest of everyone. And people are like, hey, California might be doing it right. And now, John, we see it. It's, you give a little bit of an inch, and then Americans, and I'm, I'm talking about dumb Americans. Dumb Americans come out of their Jerry Springer covered egg, and they're like, it's my time to shine. And they just do something stupid. Well, the rest of us Americans who are trying to like get our lives together, like, man, you, you, you're ruining it for the rest of us. I have, I have no, no faith in, <laughs> in people to, to, to be like Japan, a country that gets it, where if you have the sniffles, you wear a mask and there's no COVID. I have no faith in other Americans. <laughs> no, no. And, and that's, that's why I think. That's why I think drive-ins is the way to go because you just can't. You can't rely on everyone. I mean, I will concede that if this goes on long enough and the film industry can't release things in the next, I don't know, eight months, that they're going to have to look for some kind of um, return on these investments they've made in the movies. And even if it's a little bit, like I don't see them shelving Tenet for a year um they're going to get it out one way or another but it's going to suck and that big of an investment is like they're going to lose money if we if we can't get our act together um which i mean may bankrupt some smaller studios (laughs) and maybe even some larger ones um maybe this is like maybe covid is the first domino to really topple a lot of i mean it's already done it for a lot of industries and and businesses but maybe yeah. we'll start seeing it in the film industry uh like next year if if they can't produce films and make enough revenue off of them i mean that's that's definitely something i'm going to be keeping an eye out for yeah we're just gonna have to bu- watch a bunch of indie films everyone it's your fault no more blockbusters <laughs> we're, we're about to enter the age of the television oh no <laughs> everyone wear your mask please tenet is re-released as a as an HBO miniseries. Oh my gosh, that means we're going to have to watch Hallmark Christmas movies now. No. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, John, our last story, Twitch. Let's Rap- see if it's worth the wait. Rapper Logic signs exclusive deal with Twitch. And guess what? This article is coming from the BBC. And yes. it's written by Newsbeat. They're Finishing strong. Entertainment News Branch. Logic has signed an exclusive deal with streaming service Twitch. Quote, I am not this rapper guy, man. He told the veg. I'm just a nerd. 
I love video games, end quote. The US rapper, real name, Sir Robert Bryson Hall II, has been using the platform for years. It's the first exclusive deal with Twitch that Twitch has done with a musician, but it's not clear whether he will be streaming music. It was only last week that Logic said he was leaving the music scene to focus on fatherhood. Although now, he says that he felt forced when he made the announcement. Quote, It's not that the label made me feel that way. I was doing it to myself because I'm such a businessman, and I was pushing myself to the brink of insanity. End quote. Twitch lost someone who brought a lot of viewers to the site when they banned Dr. Disrespect last month. Logic hopes to bring his fan base with him. He told The Verge, quote, I'm going to bring new eyes to their service. They're going to bring new money to my bank account. And I'm just kidding. He replied, I'm not going to be on Twitch having political debates. I'm going to be on Twitch helping people after they've had a long a day of protesting or political debates. Unwind and laugh and smile. End quote. Logic said the site was the safest way possible to interact with fans. Twitch has recently accused of not doing enough about abuse claims, as well as not banning streamers who used racist or homophobic language. It announced that it would start issuing permanent bans to certain streamers. John, your thoughts? I, I, I'm probably, I don't know, man. Like, I could see a lot more people jumping on this bandwagon. I mean, because like live live performances are going to be off the table for so long that if you're if you are an entertainer you need an audience and you need platforms that can support you um so maybe this is the next evolution of twitch maybe this is where we see um streaming become more than just gaming maybe they're branching out into other industries as well Mm. um because, I mean, I, I think COVID is forcing a lot of businesses to evolve and to adapt to the circumstances today. And I think the majority of the time it's for the better and it's it's changing. It's going to stick with them long term. Um, I don't think a lot of these things are just temporary measures. So maybe this is Twitch's opportunity to branch out into the mu- music industry or maybe they will branch out into the comedy industry. Um, it, Maybe I mean I don't know. This seems interesting that it could be the first step to making Twitch a lot more mainstream than it already is, and and giving them a much broader fan base and audience. Hmm. I can't wait for twenty twenty five when it's going to be like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for showing up. Please give your virtual. Uh, no, oh, dang it! I screwed it up already. Oh, I'm such a failure. <laughs> Please donate in chat, like, subscribe, send this to all your friends, post it on all of your social media. Give it up for their 45th year in news. And I'm just, I'm just so bad. I've used all my energy, John. I'm screwing up left and right. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, give it up for their 45th year in show business. You too. And then oh Bono goes gosh. out and they're all like in, in wheelchairs and they're like, Ons, Dos, Dres, Catorce. And they play that song Vertigo which makes no sense. Um, but yeah, I, I would very much like to see the blend of those mediums. And I think that would be cool where it's like, Hey, a lot of, a lot of, uh, artists make a lot of money from the merchandise they sell while they're touring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's like the big money maker. It's not like oh, you know, I'm selling my music. Some people find a way to make it work, like uh, Taylor Swift. But yeah. for bands that have been doing this since like the 70s and 80s, that's how you do it. It's you tour and you sell that merch. And now it's going to be like you're on a Twitch stream. If you get like, if think about how many people love music, like like a Twitch streamer, someone like Ninja, uh, the famous Twitch streamer who left Twitch uh, for Mixer. Mixer failed. Now he's on YouTube. I'm mixing this up. Anyways, you're talking about 100,000 people watching a Twitch stream. If Metallica can bring one million Russians to a stadium, can you imagine Metallica streaming a live concert on Twitch and how much money people would throw at them in donations? Because that's what it is. You 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 give out a a donation. It's like it's a tip service. You're like a server, and you're here for my entertainment. Dance, monkey, dance, <laughs> essentially. But that that'd be so. That I would love to see that experiment go live where just get get me Eminem to go on Twitch and just be like this is a once in a lifetime thing I'm going to throw a concert rap all this stuff you get Dr. Dre you get Snoop to join in you get all these people to do like this mega concert I would love to see not only the ads that are thrown in that Twitch stream but the amount of money people throw at it people get a thousand dollar donations on Twitch jeez but those are very, very rare and reserved for only a few streamers. People like Mr. Beast on YouTube drop like five thousand just to make people happy. Like on their Twitch channel, like here's five thousand dollars, here's a thousand people, a dollars, and people break down crying. And can you imagine just like those are just gamers? Imagine other people, like just you increase the opportunity to make more money. More eyes means more money, right? So, exactly, I want to see that happen. Not I mean, it, you too, though. Don't no. no. <laughs> I can't. No, 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 no. no. The the new iPhone uh, 15 is just going to have Twitch automatically <laughs> installed. Isn't that when the iPhone 15 would come out? It's 2020, <laughs> probably. I mean, I I think that if nothing else, um, COVID is making a lot of. Uh, of content and media more accessible to people because of streaming, because of new platforms that they're, they're discovering. And I would say that the music industry has really been lacking as far as adapting quickly uh, to COVID. And if this is the next natural step in that progression, um, I think you're right. Like, I think that these artists can, because like with touring, you're limited geographically. But if you if you have a live stream, you can have people from all over the world as part of your audience reacting in real time, which is what I think uh, these entertainers are missing: is that immediate audience interaction. And like I get that reading comments off a of screen is not the same as hearing someone screaming from your from your crowd. Um, but I think this is a good next step to get. Um, these kinds of entertainers back and involved and connected with their fans because it's you can you can only do so many instagram live videos before eventually you need to start making some revenue so if mm. if this is the next step man like i'm all for it because i just because of where i live like it's hard for me to go and justify taking a trip to atlanta to go see a show that i want but if i could 
And I'm also lazy. Let me also say that. I also just don't <laughs> want to travel to Atlanta because I hate traffic. But if, that if traffic I could... traffic is so bad. It is. If I could watch someone from my living room and and participate in that and maybe share an experience with other people like that and have that communal experience, like, man, I am all for that next step in, in this progression. Yeah. They're going to have a Twitch stream. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Adele. And then the Twitch chat erupts with just... Where are the weapons of mass destruction? Oh my and the Navy and Army just come in and they just start banning people. <laughs> Where's the waterboarding? <laughs> Where is it? Where is she? <laughs> Army and Navy are the Twitch <laughs> Twitch uh, incarnations of Batman. Oh my gosh. Oh man. What a callback. I'm on Ugh. fire today. I feel good. But I totally messed up that U2 introduction. You did. We got We landed there eventually, but it was a pretty... Pretty rocky tumble down the mountainside. Yeah. You know what? Everybody gets one. And that was my one. Yep. John, I thought this was a lot of fun. What'd you think? I think it was good. Good, man. Like, we were running long, but we, we kept it going. I like it. I like the it, conversation. You did so much research. I and did. I'm proud of you. I How- feel accomplished. And I was able to riff more. <laughs> How does it feel to walk in prepared? You know what? It's enlightening. And you know what? I'd like to pose this to those who listen. I know there are 10 of you out there, maybe five. But if you liked this, go ahead, share it. You know, because I'm going to try this a few times if it keeps on going this way. Because I thought this was fun. John said he thought it was fun. I will keep doing this and we'll just keep this format. You know, we're trying to evolve. It's the pandemic. Nobody likes it. You know, pandemic stuff, you know, the COVID and the pudding and the donald trump and the the politics and the pelosi no one wants to talk about this stuff we're here to have fun you know you know i i don't know how i feel about you saying we need to have fun talking with a bill cosby voice you know what you know what fair i think i'm gonna just (laughs) change my where this is just gonna be changed as the the podcast uh the podcast team you know we've been we've we've been hit with the bill cosby so uh, we're getting rid of the logo. We're getting rid of um, all the merchandise. This is a one-time deal. Summing Up Podcast is, is no longer to be that. It's just going to be called the Podcast Team. Uh, and yeah, we're getting rid of the logo. We're just going to leave it as the Podcast Team, and it'll be for one year. We're going to get a committee, and we're gonna we're gonna change it all by next year. <laughs> oh, topical things. Topical. Yeah, this is callbacks, baby. That's comedy uh snapping is not good for the user that wasn't good for me i wasn't ready for that anyways john we will be back next week and you will be in charge of the show i got the show john has got the show let's see any more bombshell disney movie news or uh yeah so share with your friends you know if you like it that's great you know if we see more viewership on analytics we'll keep doing this or i'll keep doing this and drag john through the mud as we you know Go through my coffee and wine binges. This will be great. <laughs> yeah, I would say you, you gently guided me through this, and I had, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, and you didn't let go of my hand, which means I know that you do love me, unlike Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Oh, that, that was a little bit of a forced callback, I will say. It was, but you know what? I thought it was really funny to read that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love me. It's like, you let go of the hand. What if my hand is sweaty? Jesus, like go a middle schooler. This is like me and you. Well, I, yeah, I, I want to end the podcast, but realistically, 
when you're a school child and you hold someone's hand for a long time, you know, who has like silk smooth skin that doesn't like get clammy? Nobody. If Johnny Depp's going to take his hand away, he's probably got sweat. Why are you getting mad? Why are you being like a school kid? Stop it. Exactly. He's looking out for you. He's got your best interest at heart. Yeah. You know. Anyways, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Have a nice day. Bye.